Hi, and welcome to the Parenting in the Middle podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Goodman. I'm a certified life coach and a mom to four teenagers. Do you ever wonder if you're doing this whole mom thing right? Are you pushing too hard or not enough? What does it look like to love your teens, yet keep firm boundaries? Would you love to get your kids to listen without yelling and feeling frustrated first? Here in this podcast, you will find coaching and communication strategies to help you tackle all of your hardest parenting struggles. These strategies will help you parent with more confidence, peace, and influence. I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. Glad you're here today. So we just got off of a long weekend. It was Labor Day yesterday. So today is Tuesday. We enjoyed time with friends and family by the pool yesterday. And if you're local to Arizona, you know it's just so hot and we want it to be fall so bad. Here we are in September. I thought we were cooling off a little bit, but that's what Arizona does. It teases you. You think it's cooling off and then bam, it's 110 degrees. That's what we experienced yesterday. So we did some work projects in our house and enjoy time in the pool. But I will say that I binged listened to Jeanette McCurdy's book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. Don't be scared off by the title. I could not stop listening to it. I finished the book in those three days of our long weekend, and I found it fascinating. Someone posted about it, and I thought, I need something to listen to. I had some projects to do, so I downloaded it, and it was really good and also really heartbreaking. I was so impressed at how honest Jeanette was and in her ability to process all of the things that she went through. She tells the story of how she got pushed into acting at six years old and how her mom started teaching her how to restrict calories at 11 years old so she would stay small. It's a heartbreaking story and there are some mature themes and there is some language in the book so a heads up for that but overall I would highly recommend it. And as I was listening to this book, I was also able to question my own role as a mom and think, okay, when do I put my own thoughts and opinions above my teenager's thoughts and opinions? You know, so maybe I think I know what's best for them. I think as parents, we can relate to that. We, of course, think we know what's best and we want our kids to do the things that we think are best. But sometimes that impacts them in negative ways. It can prevent them from learning and growing on their own. And it can also prevent them from figuring out who they are by creating that autonomy that they need. And I think a lot of us can get caught up in this trap and we have good reasons for doing so. We're not trying to be abusive or emotionally abusive at all. We just think we know better and we want our kids to be happy and we want things to work out for them. But in so doing, we can put a lot of pressure and expectations on them, and we may take away from the experience that they need to learn and grow. And so that's that was something I was thinking about as I was listening to this book and thinking about how I can show up, how I can communicate better with my kids. How can I just be present with my kids instead of pushing them to do certain things or pulling them away from certain things? We all have a tendency, as moms especially, to be needy sometimes. We want to be liked. We want to have all the answers. And when we fail to recognize that that is what we're doing and that it's we're operating out of some fear, that's when we can impact our children negatively. 
And I don't think any of us are immune to impacting our children in a negative way sometimes. I mean, I never want to intentionally hurt my kids ever by the things that I do and say, but I also understand that I'm human with human emotions and none of us are perfect. So the goal is not to be like a robot that's always on point and perfect. Even if we are perfect, our kids are gonna not be perfect and they're gonna think that they have to hold up to this standard of perfection that we are. So we don't even really wanna be perfect. We wanna be human, we wanna allow for mistakes and we wanna learn how to repair those mistakes when we need to. And this leads into my topic today, which is how to respond and not react. Why is it so hard to do this? I think there are a lot of reasons why it can be hard to not respond and why it's easier to react. I think the number one thing is we haven't learned how to self-regulate. So we feel angry and we react to our anger. A second reason is we think it's our kids' behavior that's making us mad. And so if they act a certain way, we have to get mad. And it can feel good to react in a way when you're angry and you yell or release all of that tension and pressure building up in your body and you slam a door. There's a sense of relief in that. It can feel good for a second until it doesn't, and then you have all of the shame and blame and thinking you're a terrible mom afterwards. So it's important to recognize that your behavior makes sense. There's a reason why you feel an emotion and have a hard time responding to it and you react to it instead. And when you can make sense of it without judgment, you can have more compassion for yourself. And that's number one, is have extreme compassion for yourself. Give yourself some grace. It's tempting to wanna beat yourself up when you lose your temper and think, why can't you control yourself? Why can't you be more patient? And why can't you stay calm? You don't mean to make your child feel bad. You're not trying to scare them when you slam a door or anything like that. You're reacting out of anger, but it can be scary and it can feel, and it, well, I would say it does feel terrible. So you've got to have compassion for yourself if you want to make changes because this happens to the best of parents. I believe I'm a good mom. I'm not perfect. My kids would say I'm a good mom. I've learned skills and strategies on how to communicate and I will lose my temper sometimes, and I've lost my temper before. So this isn't to say we're supposed to be perfect and never lose your temper, but recognize when you do what triggers you and let's overcome those triggers so that you can minimize the amount of times you lose your cool with your teen because losing your cool will disconnect you from your teenagers and it will have an impact on your relationship. So knowing that, and knowing the first step is compassion, I invite you to really allow yourself to be patient with yourself during this process, to allow yourself not to judge or think about why you're a terrible mom. Understand your behavior, get curious about it, which leads us into number two, but have so much compassion for yourself. So number two is get curious. It's figuring out what is it that's triggering you. This can be a tricky one because what you think is triggering you is not what's triggering you. And if you are new to figuring this out, you've never really questioned it before, it's going to feel difficult. 
Because really the thoughts in your mind is what's triggering you, what you're making the situation mean. But right now you don't know what that is. You just feel triggered. So whatever it is creating, whatever feeling their behavior is creating for you, it feels like a fact. It feels like your teenager came home late from curfew. They didn't text first. They were rude to you. And so you got angry. You yelled because you were angry because your teenager was rude. That's what it feels like. And I completely understand that it just feels true. It feels like a, a fact and it feels out of your control. But the good news is it is within your control because what you are making those situations mean when you are feeling that personal attack from your teenager because they said something rude or they didn't come home on time, you are taking it as a personal attack on you in some way that's making you feel angry. It's making you react. So give yourself permission to think a thought like, what am I making this situation mean? And you might not be able to do this in the moment. That's okay. It might be after the fact. So when I started doing this for me, it would be like, all right, I would lose my temper. I would feel out of control. There was no questioning my thoughts in this moment. And then I would feel all of the shame. And then I would feel better. And when I would feel better, I could, I would have that compassion for myself. Because if you have compassion and no judgment, it's easier to look at your behavior and think, all right, what made me react that way? If you're judging yourself, if you think you're a terrible person because of what you did, you're not going to want to look back at that behavior to try to fix it. And so that's what keeps you in that shame and blame cycle you will never get out of. So allow yourself compassion, get curious. What did you make this situation mean? And even if you have to wait till things have calmed down, just look back and think a thought like, what was going through my mind? What did I make that situation mean? You can think of your mind like doors to bedrooms you don't want to open. So we've all had those rooms in our house where maybe it's your teenager's room that you know when you open it, it's going to be a mess and we don't even want to look in it. So that's how parts of our brain are. And so sometimes when we ask ourselves these questions, we don't want to know the answers. We don't want to question things. We don't want to answer to things because we don't want to know what's even in there. But we've got to look in those closet doors to those bedrooms. We don't want to open them. It's hard to open them. And maybe we've never had to answer these questions before and open these doors before. It's easier to just say, my child is making me mad and I'm yelling because I'm mad. If my child was different, then I wouldn't be mad. But that won't get you anywhere. So we've got to open these doors in our mind that will expose why we feel triggered, why we get mad, and why we react. Number three is to ask yourself, what do I need in this moment? So we've got compassion, we've got curiosity, and now number three is self-care. What do you need in this moment? If you are feeling extremely triggered or if you're losing your cool a lot, there is something that you are not giving yourself that you need. And what you need is just as important or more so important than teaching your child to behave themselves. Your child is responsible for their actions, especially the older that they get. So if you have really small children, of course you're responsible to teach them and help keep them safe. But the older that they get, 
the more you need to step back and really practice self-care. I think self-care is important no matter how old your kids are and to really be intentional about not feeling selfish about it, not feeling like you don't deserve it. But if you need to figure out a way to take a break and get some help, then have people who you can count on that will help you out. So what do you need? If you are losing your cool a lot, if you're feeling triggered, then that's a clue in to know that there's something you're not getting. And so this would be a good time for you to start thinking about that. What do I need? What am I feeling? Is it loneliness? Do I need more connection with friends or with my spouse? Do I need a break from my kids? And honestly, sometimes all you need is just permission to have that compassion piece to give yourself compassion and grace for being human and for not being perfect. Sometimes that's all we need because our inner voice, that inner critic can be so harsh that once we let go of it, we will feel so much better. The older your teenager gets, the less they need and the less they want you, right? That's just part of it. And it's hard as moms to not be as important in your teenager's life anymore. But we know this is the way it's supposed to be. So it's okay to be sad about it and to feel bad to kind of grieve that little kid that you had that is growing up. So now the role looks different. And this is where you have to practice not needing so much control and not having that control to get what you want from your teenager. They might not like you. They might not agree with you. They might say you're the worst parent in the world, and that's hard to take. And so that's one of the reasons why it's so important to take care of you first. Ask yourself what you need and make sure your needs are met. And that will help you find the space. It's a pause so that when your teenager says something rude to you, and it does sting, instead of reacting from that hurt, you'll be able to take a pause. And that pause will allow you to take a breath, take a time out for yourself. So some of the thoughts that would go through my mind when I would lose my cool was, oh my gosh, I'm doing all of this wrong. I'm messing this all up. I'm not a good mom. I was putting all of this pressure on my kids subconsciously because I didn't realize I was doing this, but I was. If they didn't behave a certain way, then it would derail me because I'm responsible for their behavior. So if they did something I didn't approve of, that was a direct reflection on me. And it put a ton of responsibility on them for behaving a certain way so that they could have a mom who is patient and calm, right? So I'm putting my emotions in their hands and making my kids responsible for my own emotions. And that's a lot of responsibility to put on a child. So think about it that way too. Putting your needs first is not selfish. It's actually the best thing that you can do for you and your family so that you can show up in a more patient and calm way. Because when you start to respond and not react, your children will know that you are a safe parent that they can come to. Your children will know that it's okay to feel all kinds of emotions It's okay to feel lonely. It's okay to feel sad because we all feel that way sometimes. And when there is behavior that you want to correct, because I'm all about correcting behavior and having consequences, but just not doing it in a reactive or angry way, it's going to only push your child farther away. It'll cause resentment. 
and it will build a wall. So how this will look is you're going to be the teacher or coach that guides your child. You're, you know that their behavior is not a reflection on you. It's just something that needs to be taught and maybe taught over and over and over again. Your child's behavior is not a reflection on you. So their behavior is not telling you what a terrible mom you are. Their behavior is just that. It's their behavior. And it's okay in the sense that this is the reality. This is what happened. And so you're just accepting the reality of the situation. This is what happened. So now you can start to think, what does my child need? What do you need? How can you teach them better behavior? What's that why behind why you want them to act a certain way? What is it that they are doing wrong? All of these are really good questions to ask because it will expose also all of the thoughts that may be triggering you. Thoughts like, I was never allowed to do that. I was never allowed to share my opinion with my parents and now my kids are sharing their opinion with me and I feel really disrespected. Something like that. It'll expose those thoughts that are triggering you. It will help you get to that powerful thought that will help you become more loving and kind and patient and you will behave in a way that your teenagers will be more likely to respond to you. It'll help you step back. So depending on how old your teenager is and what they are doing, there is a time where you need to step back and they may need to experience the consequences of their mistake. That might mean failing a class. It might mean you stop stepping in and rescuing them. And this is where you as the parent need to have that confidence to believe that you know what's best for your child because what's best for one teenager in one family may be different from another teenager in a different family or maybe even the same family. And it can be so hard to navigate. And so what I want to help you with is not making it harder than it needs to be. Not making it more difficult in the way of you feeling terrible, taking on this responsibility for your teenager's behavior that you don't need to take on. Your teenager or your toddler for sure isn't going to do it perfectly all the time. You are not going to do it perfectly all of the time. And it's okay. So remember these three tips. Have compassion. Get curious. Practice self-care so that you can be more in control of yourself. Take better care of yourself and be the mom that you want to be. Putting these tips into practice, noticing what works and what doesn't work, right? So we're not all or nothing. We're just practicing. We're going to try something new. This is what's going to help put the focus on you instead of on your teen. It will take so much pressure off of them, and it will also take the pressure off of you needing to fix them. It's just going to be more fun. It's going to feel more free. It's going to feel more empowering, and you will feel better. So if you have any questions, I know this is difficult work and I'm not here to say that it's easy, but it is so worth it. And I can tell you that the connection you will create with your kids, no matter where you are at in your parenting life, will be worth it. Okay, if this podcast is helpful for you, please go and leave a review. I would love to hear how learning these tools is helping shift your thinking to connect more intentionally with your teen. You can also share this podcast with another parent of a teenager because I know we need all the help and all of the support that we can get. 
All right. Have a good day, everyone. And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to Parenting in the Middle podcast. If you would like to download my free guide for three ways to avoid a power struggle with your teen, go to parentinginthemiddle.com. There you will find three strategies that are simple and easy to apply that will help you stay more in control, more patient, more calm, and help you avoid the power struggle. I'll put a link in my show notes too.